Dynasty Fantasy Football doesn't take a week off, and neither do these guys. All the information you need to stay atop your league for years to come. This is the Dynasty Heat Seekers. Welcome back to the Heat Seekers podcast. It's been a while since we've been here. The faces look a little bit different, but Anthony, how you been? We haven't seen you since last season. I've been doing really good. I've enjoyed taking a little bit of time off from the uh, fantasy world. I got a little bit of a break, but I'm still working with the website, doing our rankings and working, talking with all the guys, working on stuff behind the scenes. So yeah, we're happy to be back and get live again. Charles, you are new to the team. This is your first season with Roto Heat and your first live stream with us. Why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself and introduce them to the FF Chuck? Sure. I'm Chuck. I, I do a little bit of fantasy work everywhere. I'm, I'm involved with a bunch of different groups. I've been playing fantasy for several years now, and I'm just excited to come on to Roto Heat and get the opportunity to work with some fine people such as yourselves and share our knowledge and try to help people win their leagues because that's what it's all about. Awesome. Awesome. So today we are going to be talking about quarterbacks. If you've been living anywhere, but under a rock over the past month, you know that this is probably the most movement we've seen at the quarterback position in an off season in history. And at least for big names, we have seen some really big names move. We've seen some teams with that have had quarterback issues for a while trade away quarterbacks and now not know what they're going to do at quarterback or they go and pay 36 year old quarterbacks a lot of money to come and fill that spot so we are going to talk about how these moves affect dynasty rosters because obviously with quarterback moves comes either more or less efficiency for your wide receivers and tight ends even to some extent your running backs so Charles, we're going to start it off with you. Russell Wilson actually gets traded, right? We thought he was going to get traded last year. And then the Bears offered him like every first round pick for the, the rest of the future of the organization. And Seattle said no. One year later, Denver comes with some picks and some players. And Seattle says okay and ships Mr. Russell Wilson over to Denver. So what was your first reaction to that move? Funny enough, the first thing I did, I went to my, I went to every uh, fantasy league on sleeper that I got and I immediately picked up Albert O, which is funny because we know that Russell Wilson uh, in the past hasn't had like a big history of throwing the tight ends, but he's basically the only guy left there in Denver because Noah Fant was part of that package going to Seattle. And so I think he's going to get some opportunities after those wide receivers. And I just, I, I like his value, very low risk, but high reward. So that was a move I, I wanted to make right away. And I also love this a lot for Cortland Sutton, as well as actually Tim Patrick as well, because Russell Wilson has shown he can support two wide receivers in the system. He did it with Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin, and he's done it with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. So I think it's going to be the same thing with those two guys because Russ loves to throw it deep. And Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick are both of those deep ball type, go up and get it kind of guys. And it's going to play right into their strengths. I do think it helps Jerry Judy as well as between the sticks kind of guy, but his value is not going to increase as much as the other guys. 
And as for running backs, Javante Williams to the moon. I've been on this guy's wagon since he got drafted. I've been picking him up in every single league that I can because I love his game. I watched that game he had against the Cowboys this past season where he absolutely torched them. And it was, it brought almost brought tears to my eyes, tears of joy. It was amazing. And I think Russ um, is not afraid to throw to his running back. He did that um, relatively often with Chris Carson when Chris Carson was healthy. So I think that he's going to do the same thing with Javante Williams. And uh, they haven't, they don't really have a backup right now because Melvin Gordon's, I think, still a free agent. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. So it's just Javante right now. So I think he's going to eat. Anthony, with all that being said, how'd you feel? How'd you react? Honestly, I, I agree a lot, a lot with what Chuck said, uh, especially for Russell Wilson has always been on a run first type team. And I think obviously the Denver Broncos and John Elway, I think they want to be a little bit more active in the passing game than maybe the Seahawks were. But at the same time, I think it's going to be more of a run first team. And so I think that is a, a huge boost for Javante Williams. Uh, although I, I think Melvin Gordon may be back. Uh, so maybe they're going to have another timeshare. So that is the only thing that would be a little bit of a concern. On the Judy and Sutton front, I, I, I do think it's an upgrade for them. But at the same time, I think their values are going to be a little inflated right now. I think their trade value right now is at an all-time high. And if I own them in my leagues, I would be looking to trade them at this point. Because even though Chuck said he's able to keep two wide receivers to sustain them. I, I do think that's true. But if you recall, especially the past few years, Lockett and DK Metcalf were really inconsistent. They'd have really good games and then really bad game stretches. And inconsistencies is not something you want on a weekly basis. And so I think this is a good opportunity to sell Judy or Sutton and get a nice return at this time. Yeah, I understand the inconsistency thing to a certain extent, except for those are guys that can literally win you a week. And all the wide receivers in the league, not named Cooper Cup last year, Devontae Adams the year before, or Michael Thomas the year before that, are inherently inconsistent. So I just dropped an article on Russell Wilson and the Broncos today. So one thing to note is, Every year for the past three years, two of the wide receivers have garnered at least 20% of the target share. So that takes 40 to 45% of the target share and gives them to the wide receiver one, wide receiver two. The number three wide receiver drops way off. Is almost, you're looking at 40, 45 to 50 targets for that guy. Now that doesn't mean it can't change in a new offense, but that's just Russell keys in on his two guys. His tight end one, around 10%, which, which gives you about 60 to 65 targets for Albert O. Now, the, the real cool thing with Albert O is that guy averaged 2.33 fantasy points per target last year. So if he gets up into that 60 to 70 range and can maintain that, he's a dangerous guy at tight end. He, we know he's an athletic freak from the combine. He showed pretty well early on, <clears throat> but the key is going to be Tim Patrick might just be better than one of Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. We've seen him produce. He's done pretty well. And if Judy or Sutton can't improve on, especially their second half of the season last year, 
Tim Patrick could find his way into getting 20% of that market share and it would flip everything on its head. So there is some inherent risk with either Sutton or Judy, but I still think that their price is palatable if they get the targets. And the other thing is Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr all were in the top five of pass attempts last year. This division scores points. Russell Wilson's going to have to throw more than he's ever thrown before. And if he can maintain that consistency and that efficiency, then, you know, there's a lot of fantasy points to go around for these receivers because he averaged over two points per his wide receivers over the last three years have averaged over two fantasy points per target. That's like top 10 just for last year for wide receivers. So He's an uber-efficient quarterback, but can these wide receivers bring that same talent level that he had with DK and Lockett? I think Lockett is a very underrated receiver despite the inconsistencies. He's been one of the most efficient receivers over the last three years. Do you have any more points, Chuck, after all of that? Yeah, I think, uh, Rick, it might not be bad to mention the Seahawks side of things. I know it's obviously uh, not quite as exciting as Denver because Denver's looking like a monster in the AFC West. But the Seahawks have undergone a severe shift. <laughs> Poor Noah Fan. He thought that when he got traded, he was going to, he was going to, he thought he was going to get away from Drew Locke, and now he's stuck with him in Seattle. That is uh, certainly not a situation that I want to be in. But I don't know what to say. It's looking brutal for pretty much every single weapon in Seattle, I think, except for the running backs because Pete Carroll's always been a run-first mentality in Seattle, and I don't think it's going to change now, especially considering the severe drop in QB talent that we've seen. And Rashad Penny just re-signed with Seattle on a one-year deal, so I think he's going to see a lot of the carries, especially considering Chris Carson's injury history. I'm not inclined to place too much trust into him. I think Penny's going to get a lot of the go. I think he's going to provide some nice value. He's a guy I'm trying to get on as many of my rosters as I can. DK for Dynasty, he's still only 22. He's a young stud. We've seen what he can do. I think he's actually a bit of a buy low at the moment because people are shying away after the drop in QB talent from Russ to Drew Locke because DK's going to have so many more years ahead of him. Drew Locke's not going to be his quarterback in the future. And if you can buy now and get him now while he has a drop-off in talent, it's going to pay off later because the Seahawks are going to find their QB of the future. And DK is going to love to work with him, whoever that may end up being. I'm not even sure they make it to this season without replacing Drew Locke. So I agree with you on, I think Lockett and DK are, are buys right now. If you can get them for a discounted price, I will say that while we worry about Carson's injury history, the same has to be said for Rashad Penny. Now that dude is balled out when he has been on the field and healthy, but he also let's hope they don't get hurt at the same time. (laughs) So one of them, like, Carson can get all the work for eight weeks and and Penny can get all the work for nine weeks and figure something out there. But I agree with everything else you said, Anthony, to those points for Seattle, what are you thinking? No, I agree. I think they're good by lows, especially DK, which is with his age. And you guys know DK is certainly on on my radar right now. And I'm looking to to buy him in virtually every league I'm in. Okay. So we've talked about Russell Wilson and how, Uh, A bunch of guys in Denver are super stoked that he's there and and Seattle's crying still. The next one is a polarizing topic, a polarizing QB. We're not going to get into the politics of all this. That's not our job. Our our job is to talk fantasy. But Deshaun Watson, 
traded to Cleveland, who still has Baker Mayfield, but that'll be something that we probably talk about in the future once he gets moved. But Anthony, what was your thought when you seen that news that Deshaun Watson was now a Cleveland Brown? I was pretty surprised. I thought the Browns were going to roll with Baker, but looks like they're going to have to try to trade Baker to someone. I, I, I think Watson is in a really good spot. I think they're an exciting offense, have a good run team. He's going to make plays with players just like he did in, in Houston with guys that even after DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins left, he was still making plays. I think, I think Watson is in a pretty good spot. The only thing I worry about is, is there going to be a suspension this year? Is there potential to have a suspension later in his career? It's, I, I think it's more possible for him than it is for most other quarterbacks in the league. So that's something that I, I don't know if you need to worry about it, but it's just something that to have your mind on. Yeah, I can agree with that. Chuck, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I absolutely agree with Anthony. This was a great landing spot for Deshaun Watson, especially considering the Amari Cooper trade came beforehand. So Watson's got himself some weapons now. Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I think is an absolute beast. He's going to really thrive in this system with Watson. And I think someone to also keep an eye on, too, is David Njoku, who the Browns also just brought back. We got to remember, Austin Hooper was a cut. He's gone. So I believe it's just David Njoku and Harrison Bryant. And I think this is a system that can support two tight ends. And as a superior pass catcher, I think David Njoku will thrive with Watson. Because even in Houston, there were a few weeks here and there where Watson was able to support what was a very mediocre tight end. I believe it was Darren Fells or someone of that ilk. Typically not the greatest talent in the world. A good quarterback like Deshaun Watson helped him produce. And David Njoku's talented. He's a solid tight end. He's not going to wow you, but he can produce and make plays in the field. And I think Watson's going to help him there. He's a tight end I have on my radar. Yeah, so it was real weird, right? We're told Atlanta or New Orleans, and that's who he was narrowed down to. But then Cleveland came in with that super cushy deal of the $1 million this year. So if he does get suspended, he doesn't lose a bunch of money. Really, for everything this guy's been through over the past year, he's made out pretty well because Houston paid him the whole time last year for him to sit. And now if he does get suspended this year, He's only going to lose a million bucks and the rest of it's guaranteed. So he's going to make out all right. But I am a huge Amari Cooper fan and I always get like really confused at how he gets used. Started off for Oakland and was great. And then all of a sudden they didn't want to use him. Gets to Dallas, balls out, and then they just don't want to use him. So I was glad he got moved, but I hated that he got moved to Cleveland, where we just saw OBJ's dad get him out of town. <laughs> yeah. And we seen Landry want out and get released. <clears throat> so wasn't happy about that. So my first thought when Deshaun Watson got traded to the Browns was, thank the Lord for all my Amari Cooper, because I think they are going to go nuts. But that's like the obvious thing, right? I think right now there are rumors that maybe a reconnection with Will Fuller as the deep threat in Cleveland could be a possibility, but if not, and everybody knows I've not been a Donovan people Jones fan, but if he plays that Will Fuller role to Amari Cooper, Will Fuller did for DeAndre Hopkins, he might have some fantasy value. It'll be boom or bust. It'll be, you know, big play dependent. 
but it's an interesting pairing for that speed deep ball threat that Will Fuller was early in his career. Obviously, Will Fuller later, when Hopkins was gone, started running routes all over the field. I don't think we're going to see that. We're not going to see the PPR upside from Donovan Peoples-Jones, but he could be a threat with Deshaun Watson throwing him the deep ball. He's shown it a little bit with Baker Mayfield ain't Deshaun Watson. <clears throat> Obviously, Watson also hasn't thrown to his running backs a whole lot, right? And there was never real big PPR outputs from Texan running backs a little bit at one point from David Johnson, but not even like David Johnson prime numbers. So I don't know what this does to Kareem Hunt. Obviously it doesn't affect Chubb a whole lot because that's not his role, but they, we may see them like split Hunt out more to get him more involved out of the slot and stuff rather than out of the backfield or that'll be something different that we see from Watson that we haven't seen before just being in a new offense. Anthony, what are your thoughts? The, the one thing I want to say, we skipped over this, but one thing I want to say is I'm looking over the show notes and I find it funny. We're not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers stayed in Green Bay. So I know that's really random, but I just think it's really funny because if we would have prepped this show a month and a half ago, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers would have been top of the list. Where's Aaron Rodgers going to go? And, and what do you know? He's still back home. But for Watson, I, I think it's a great I think it's a great spot. And Amari, like you said with Amari Cooper, I, I, all of my shares of Amari Cooper are, are boosted too. I love that. And I, I know I'm not supposed to read the comments right now, but there's a lot of good comments in the chat. How good are the Browns going to be? And I really do think the Browns are going to be one of the top teams in the AFC. And I think they're going to make a run this year, assuming Watson is good to go. I'm just curious. Do you think Watson, before all those massages, said, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm going to do it. Every- <laughs> just leave that out there. That's for everybody to decide on their own. Charles, any more thoughts on, on Cleveland and their pass catchers here before we, before we move on to the next one? I think we've wrapped it up pretty well. It wouldn't surprise me if they don't end up bringing back Will Fuller to see them kind of get a guy in the mid-rounds of the draft who would fit a good profile for the offense if they want to get somebody who could be like that Will Fuller or just someone in between the sticks to fill in who could have sneaky value. So just something to keep an eye on. But other than that, I think we, uh, we covered Cleveland pretty well. Yeah, and we don't have to go back and say, what did he leave in Houston? Because one, <laughs> not a whole lot to talk about in Houston, but he wasn't there last <laughs> oh, year. Oh, well, don't you dare year. disrespect my Nico Collins share like that. Are we going to say, uh, I, the only thing for Houston is that Brandon Cooks get out of town and, and get somewhere where he's where he could uh, score some touchdowns, I'd be happy. Carson Wentz. Colts paid a first rounder for him last year. Decided after one year, this isn't the guy. <laughs> Let, let's go ahead and get him out of town. And they got to the playoffs, too. It was a good year. No, they didn't. They lost to the Jaguars the last week of the season. Yeah, they should have gone to get booted. Yeah. Yeah. So they (laughs) shoot him over to the Washington Commanders. Charles, what does Carson Wentz do for Terry McLaurin? I think it's good for Terry McLaurin. In the past with Carson Wentz, he's shown uh, that he really can't uh, support more than one good wide receiver in fantasy. We saw it in Philly with Alshon Jeffrey. We saw it last year in Indianapolis with Michael Pittman when Michael Pittman lost him to that number one wide receiver role. So I think he's going to do the same thing for Terry McLaurin. Now, we do have to grant that Carson Wentz sometimes isn't the, the most accurate of quarterbacks. So he's, he's obviously going to pepper McLaurin with targets and give McLaurin a lot of opportunities. But as to whether McLaurin is able to find all of them, it's another question. I still think he's a wide receiver one, but more of a low-end wide receiver one. 
but I think this does wonders for Logan Thomas. I do want to say that tight ends thrive with Carson Wentz. He supported two tight ends in Philadelphia for the longest time with Erson Goddard. And even when Erson left, Goddard was still a quality tight end. So I think Logan Thomas, provided he can stay on the field, I feel like we should have a lot of players nowadays, but as long as he can stay healthy, he's going to be a good tight end. We saw what he was doing in Washington uh, a couple of years ago. He was a beast. And I don't see why he can't return to that with, a, with an even better quarterback under center than what Washington's had in the past few seasons. Anthony, what do you got to add to that? I'm a McLaurin owner in a couple of leagues, and I'm not happy because I'm not a Wentz fan, and I knew the Washington Commanders were going to get a better quarterback. And yeah, they did, but really, like Wentz, they, Jimmy Garoppolo would have been better. So I, why are they trading for Wentz? I just don't, I don't get it myself. With that in mind, yeah, since 2017, Kirk Cousins. The Washington Commanders hasn't really had a real quarterback. Alex Smith was okay. Very kind of vanilla. Case Keenum, Dwayne Haskins, Heineke. So it's an upgrade, but I was expecting a bigger upgrade. So how long are they going to walk Wentz around the, the complex? You know, it's Man, I just feel bad for McLaren. It, it's an upgrade, but it's not really the kind of upgrade I was expecting. Yeah, I personally, I do think that it is an upgrade. McLaurin, he, he already gets targeted a lot, but I, Wentz does key in on that number one wide receiver almost to a fault. So he's going to get peppered. I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to be more accurate than Heineke, not top end quarterback like we'd like McLaurin to have. I agree 100% with Logan Thomas. I think Logan Thomas is a very good tight end talent. And last year didn't go as everybody would have liked after the big 2020 season. But we know Wentz to the tight end, it's going to be a thing. And if Logan Thomas can stay healthy, he's probably looking to, to push back into that top five, six tight end in the league. I think he's, I do think he is that good. The sneaky one is them keeping McKissick because they, Wentz will dump it off and Gibson isn't going to keep McKissick off the field, JT did Naeem Hines last year, right? So we've seen some games from Hines, but you're not going to get that a bunch because you don't take Jonathan Taylor off the field for Naeem Hines. You just don't do it. Antonio Gibson's not that talent. McKissick's going to sneak past down work. I think he'll be somewhere in between 2020 and 2021 this year with more receptions out of the backfield. Any last thoughts on Washington there, Chuck, I felt like you were getting ready to say something. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you, my Antonio Gibson shares went through such a high and such a low. When I saw that first announcement that J.D. McKissick was going to the Buffalo Bills, I'm like, oh my God, is Antonio Gibson finally free to operate as the unquestioned RB1 in Washington? And then I see, oh wait, the commanders have decided to bring back J.D. McKissick because they're willing to match the offer for Buffalo. I'm like, God damn it, I was ready. Because I think Antonio Gibson should be a free down back. I think he has that talent. He's obviously, like you said, Rick, not a Jonathan Taylor, but he's still an incredibly talented running back in his own end. I It just mystifies me. I know J.D. McKissick's a good pass catcher, but Gibson's shown that he can do that as well. There were several plays in the past few seasons where he's been able to take a take just like a casual screen and take, take it almost to the house or take it to the house. So it's not like he's lacking in the pass catching category. No, he was actually a, a wide receiver in college. Wasn't even a running back and got drafted as a running back. It, mist it mystifies me.
the love for J.D. McKissick within the Washington organization. That doesn't mean McKissick's not a better pass catcher, though. No, I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying that if McKissick wasn't there, Gibson would do just fine. It's not like they need McKissick. I think Gibson could do the role just as Yeah, I do think it's a big part of the NFL and their thought process now is there's very few running backs that we're going to see get all the work. There's J.T. and then Dalvin. And even- even JT has Naheem Hines that they signed to a well, contract in similar fashion. Everyone, all the teams are, are going to spread the running back wealth around because they get hurt so often. Shoot, Rick, you know that better than anyone with all the articles you've written about that. Right. Running backs just, they get hurt, man. They, it's so it's not, have even, other guys. not even necessarily getting hurt, but after following the seasons, after you get that immense amount of work, the 400 touch curse, it's real. Look at how Derrick Henry's efficiency dropped off last year after getting 399 touches in the regular season the year before, Christian McCaffrey before that. But I don't want to get stuck on Carson Wentz too much because I think we all agree Terry McLaurin's going to get peppered. Logan Thomas is probably going to get peppered. And after that, who the hell knows? Can Curtis Samuel stay on the field? Can Diami Brown improve from year one? Well, there's a, they had a bunch of rookies like Antonio Gandy Golden. Who's going to make the team off all this? Adam Humphreys is still there. Adam Humphreys might be a sneaky PPR guy. Six catches for 40 yards, maybe, uh, to, to fill in a, a flex spot, maybe. <coughs> but it wouldn't surprise me to see Washington. Just one last note. It wouldn't surprise me to see Washington bring in a wide receiver in the draft either. Uh, oh, yeah. I think they could use they, – they really don't have a true wide receiver, too. I'm not really too sold on Curtis Samuel at the moment, like you said, with all the injuries. Luckily, we don't have to talk about how this hurts or helps anybody from Indianapolis because they made their own move to replace Carson Wentz when they brought in Matt Ryan, the 36-year-old that used to put up gaudy numbers, has struggled a bit over the past two years. But I look at that roster for Atlanta the past two years – had a big discussion with a buddy about this, and now he gets one of the best offensive lines in the league rather than the worst. He has one of the best running backs in the league, if not the best, instead of Corderell Patterson and Mike Davis <laughs> and, and over-the-hill Todd Gurley. He gets a solid athletic tight end in Mo Ali cox They still have a lot of work to do on figuring out the rest. I think they're another team that's probably looking for a wide receiver in the draft to go with Michael Pittman. But I think for Matt Ryan, this is a better situation than he's been in the past couple of years. I think that the Colts are just a better all around team. They have a defense, so he doesn't have to throw it 45 times a game. Also he's out of, out of the division that has two of the top five, six defenses with the saints and the Buccaneers. So that's nice. Now, instead he gets Houston and Jacksonville to fill those spots never hurts. I think Matt Ryan's going to have somewhat of a, a bounce back here. I think Michael Pittman's going to get targeted a lot. And I think that they're going to be at least as equally valuable as Carson Wentz last year, if not more valuable. What are your thoughts there, Anthony? It actually looks like you agree with me, which would just boggle my mind. I 100% agree with you. I, there, I don't disagree with anything you said. Matt Ryan's in a good spot. I think Pittman's going to do well. I think Jonathan Taylor will even benefit. I just, I really don't see anything negative from Matt Ryan's perspective. I think everything is better. I think the offense is going to be better. I don't see how they don't make the playoffs as long as everyone stays healthy, obviously. Charles, what are you thinking? Absolutely. It seems like what they want to do in Indy is give Michael Pittman Jr. the Julio Jones role that he had in Atlanta when Matt Ryan was there. So 
like you guys said, I think it's an absolute smash that you should have Michael Pittman on your teams because Matt Ryan is going to want to throw to him a lot. Because as, you know, as much as it pains me, because I used to love watching him in his prime, T.Y. Hilton seems like he's over the hill. He's looking at the end, if not already at the end. So Michael Pittman is the obvious wide receiver one. I mean, I think we should keep an eye on Naheem Hines as a bit of a sleeper as well because Matt Ryan's not afraid to check it down out of the backfield on occasion. And that's literally what Naheem Hines is there for. Yeah, my only argument with that is just when, you know, and how much is Hines going to get on the field with JT. Right. Now, with their lack of wide receivers past Pittman, because I believe T.Y. Hilton's a free agent right now, if I'm oh. correct. What's that? Is he? I didn't know that. That's why. I think he is. I think right now they only have, like, Strachan. There's the guy's last name starts with a D that had a couple plays last year. Oh, Ashton. Um, Doolin. A couple young guys like Strachan and Doolin, but I think they're they, – don't even have uh what was the other guy's name pascal's gone pascal he's gone um, pascal oh that paris gamble but he's never on the field he's a guy that i guess if he stayed healthy and they don't add a lot at the wide receiver position that could also be a sleeper but i just every year he's a sleeper and then literally goes to sleep and doesn't wake up till the next off season so I don't know about him, but uh, yeah, there's, they need a lot of help in that wide receiver group there. So I could definitely see them getting a wide receiver in the draft, but yeah, I just, it's hard Heinz. And I've said this for three years running, Anthony's been around, but it seems like he is the guy that only scores points when nobody plays him. Yeah. Like literally it started out in 2020. He had a huge week one. So everybody threw him in the lineup in week two. He didn't score any points for like weeks two, three, four, everybody gives up. And then in week five, he scores like 18 points and then everybody puts them back in. And it's just like this carousel of. It was like Rex Burkhead last year. He was like, he blew up. <laughs> Everyone starts him in DFS. And then the next week does nothing. <laughs> right. Um, so he always worries me, but we're going to skip. I know you guys see the show notes since we're talking Matt Ryan and we want to talk about what he left behind. We'll just go ahead and talk about how right after they moved him, Atlanta moved him, it took 20 minutes and they had their replacement in-house. Marcus Mariota seems to be getting another shot. There is some danger in the draft um, with a top 10 pick, but I've been saying that Marcus Mariota deserves another shot. That Tennessee Titans management when he was there, I don't feel used him correctly obviously had some injuries too but this dude is balled out when he's got opportunities in las vegas so i would love to see the the you know top two pick get another shot now but the problem is there's nobody else in right. atlanta with him he's not really getting that shot yeah i agree i feel so terrible for whoever ends up being the quarterback there and kyle pitts because you guys frank darby Chad Hansen and Austin Trammell are the only wide receivers on this roster right now, other than obviously the suspended Calvin Ridley. Frank Darby, Chad Hansen, and Austin Trammell. Yeah, even Russell Gage is gone, huh? Yeah, he yeah. Went- <laughs> and, He's like, and Zacharias, whatever. Yeah. Olamide Johnson, whatever the heck that guy's name is, as a restricted free agent. So it's possible that yeah. he comes back. But Frank Darby, Chad Hansen, and Austin Trammell. 
Mariota's not in a good spot. This isn't the spot that I would have liked him to get his second opportunity. They're still running with Mike Davis, Corderell Patterson, and Damian Williams out of the backfield. That's probably where a lot of passes are going to go. Okay, but don't forget, remember a few years ago, Marcus Marietta threw himself a touchdown. Yeah, you he might have to Yeah, do like he, he can do that like, you know, maybe seven <laughs> times. I could see some value there. He has the experience. <laughs> he is he's gonna have to. I feel so bad for Kyle Pitts because where the talent stands now, wouldn't you just triple team Kyle Pitts? Yeah. And there's nothing else they can do at the wide receiver position. Yeah, they're gonna you're gonna you're gonna double pits. You're gonna easily double him every play. I, I feel you with Mariota, like you want him to get another shot. He's he's and he's really not gonna get it. If you if people Even count if this Yeah, if people count this as a shot if he starts. I can't imagine he does well with that line and that that team, but there's no running back, there's no wide receivers, like you mentioned. It's I and, and I don't think he's gonna be the starter heading into week one. Maybe he will if they draft a rookie and they just wanna see how it goes. I just can't imagine he's gonna be the starter for the whole year. But if if you have any Falcons shares, I would just hold and pray. I don't think you sell low. I think you hold and pray. And if you want to try to go out and buy Ridley or buy Pitts, I think this is a good time to do it. You just have to hope that they get, you get, they have things, you know, put together by next season. And I think next year they have a lot more cap relief because this year they're going to be paying Matt Ryan, like as much as any other quarterback in the league for what they're eating on the. Say that again. It was like a, it's like, a, it's a 40 million cap hit against their, against the salary cap this year. Yeah. But next year they're looking a lot more rosy for sure. Yeah. So I completely agree with you there, but Chuck, what are your, what are your thoughts on this team? I don't know. Anthony covered a lot of it and I echo the, the same sentiment. It's just ugly all around. I think they're going to draft a quarterback in the first round. I think they're going to do whatever they can to get Malik Willis in there. I think he's the top quarterback. And I think he's probably going to be the best option for Atlanta. Whether they trade up or end up getting him at pick eight, which I believe is where they draft in the first round. There's, just, there's, just, there's no talent there. Besides Kyle Pitts, he's going to have to <laughs> Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts is going to have two safeties and a linebacker just draped all over him. Trying to make a one-handed catch. And that's literally going to be every pass play for the Falcons. Unless you're dumping it off to Cordero Patterson. It's just, it's going to be an ugly offense. And I can promise you, unless severe changes are made, I'm not going to be touching any Falcons. Think about this. Hayden Hurst would be the number two receiving option if he was still on this team. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to think about that. This is bad, but I want to say one thing. I know quarterback in the 2022 draft, there's a lot of, none of these guys are worth where they're going to go. They're very polarizing. We've got them, you know, people that love Malik Willis, people that hate him. These quarterbacks have been projected all over the board. If they don't get Malik Willis, they shouldn't force it because this team has a very good shot at picking top. It looks like they have a pretty good shot at picking number one overall next year. And they should be top three to five at worst. So if I was them, I wouldn't force it this year because even with that rookie quarterback, with the lack of talent that's around there, you're probably drafting pretty damn high next year. Don't force it this year. You get that money. You can get that young stud, or I don't even know what quarterbacks are free agents going into next year. 
but you'll have the money to to go out and attack one of those guys as well. You'll have more options, more yeah. draft capital. Any last thoughts, either of you, on Atlanta? I we didn't really have many thoughts on them to begin with. Put it this way: if they if their guy at quarterback isn't available in the draft, my I'm of the opinion that they should just load up on weapons, load up on weapons, and like you said, get their quarterback next year, and he'll he'll already have talent around him to work with. And they'll already have a little bit of experience too. Exactly. So as it stands now. I know last year Patterson was the the fantasy darling, came out just scorching hot. I think right now he's a fantasy producer because of the lack of talent that's around there. They're going to have to use him in many ways. So he is a cheap option as a guy that you might be able to use, depending on whether he's a running back or a wide receiver combo in your leagues. As a running back two, wide receiver three, flex spot guy because when i look at this list of actual players that they have on their roster he's gonna have to get a bunch of work in both the passing game and running game would you would you guys agree with that definitely by default there's like you said there's nobody else besides it's, it's not the talent thing it's not hey quarter patterson's real good go get him but he's a sneaky guy i think you can acquire for a third round pick right now and no i think it'd be more than that you really think so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think you'd have to pay at least a second for him. I don't know, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pretty confident after uh, his production last year. Yeah, he was like a top 12 yeah, running and then back he, wide receiver then he, But he did year. fall off like the last six weeks, though, and Mike Davis was getting Yeah, no, I don't aware. But I, I really – I don't think you could get him for a third. And if you can, I go for it, but I don't think so myself. I don't think so. Either way, even a, a second if you're a contender to get RB2 numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, out of a guy that's pretty cheap. Okay. We have one more quarterback that is notable, unless I miss somebody and you guys didn't tell me. But Mitchell Trubisky to Pittsburgh. You said notable. notable. Yeah. <laughs> there is a there is a lot of stuff to talk about here because as a Chicago Bears fan, seeing the transition and hearing the stories of Matt Nagy to then how he treated Justin Fields in his rookie season. You saw it all. Mitch Trubisky wasn't used to his strengths in Chicago. Matt Nagy was not a good play caller, was not a good offensive schemer. All of that can be put into a guy that ultimately broke my heart because we traded up to get him. Good thing the 49ers didn't do anything with that pick that we that they got from us because Solomon Thomas didn't turn out either. <laughs> but I do think there could be some untapped potential with Mitchell Trubisky. He's not going to be the most accurate, but he did get to go and get coached up by Brian Dable for a year. He got to sit behind Josh Allen for a year. And Josh Allen had a lot of the same issues that Mitchell Trubisky had. Mitchell Trubisky is way more mobile than anybody gives him credit for. When he got hurt in 2019, let me do my math right, 2018, he was leading all quarterbacks in rushing at that time. Then Matt Nagy kept him in the pocket, just like he did Justin Fields last year. If anybody watched the Cleveland game or the Tampa Bay game, he didn't move him around at all. And that's not Mitchell Trubisky's strength. The OC in Pittsburgh has been wanting a mobile quarterback for a couple of years now. Obviously, we know Roethlisberger didn't. <clears throat> but I think that Mitchell Trubisky, I don't think he's going to be a superstar. I don't think he's ever going to warrant 
going ahead of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. But Mike Tomlin is a really good coach. They have a really good structure in Pittsburgh. I think it is a really good spot for Mitchell Trubisky to try to revive his career. Again, this guy, even in Chicago, as bad as he was, averaged like 17 to 18 fantasy points per game as a starting quarterback. You can do a lot worse from a fantasy perspective. So if he's going to be starting, he is a guy that you can throw in, especially in Superflex as a QB2. And he's not going to hurt you from a fantasy perspective. Now, is he going to help the NFL team? That's still to be determined, but he does have some weapons there. Anthony, how do you think this affects guys like Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and then Najee Harris as well? I don't think it's a good fit. I think Mitchell Trubisky is a backup. I think he's a good backup. I think he's a backup. I don't think he's a starter in the NFL. I don't even think that he's going to be starting for them in, in week one. I think I'll put he, money on that. I he, bet you he, he is starting because he's he may, better than Mason Rudolph and Haskins. Even, I'm not suggesting that those two will start. I, I still think they'll either trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they may draft a quarterback and have him compete for the starting spot week one. I, I they, If you look at Mitchell Trubisky's contract, he's not getting paid that much money. He's not getting paid like starter money. So can he fall into the starting job week one maybe but i don't think he's he's going to be the starter for the full year even if he is a starter week one which i don't think he will be so i to answer your question though more specifically no i think it's terrible for deontay johnson i think it's terrible for chase claypool and i'm happy juju got out of there and signed a one-year deal and took the opportunity to go play for a real good team because i do not see i do not see good things in pittsburgh this year and I, I worry about my Deontay Johnson share and Chase Claypool shares and Najee Harris. And, I, and he's going to get work just by default. But I, I just don't think it's a great situation all around. Jack, what do you think? I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little bit of devil's advocate here. I, uh, I I I disagree to be a little bit blunt. Trubisky, when he was making his free agent decision, he was down to the Steelers and the Giants because you know he had those connections with Brian Dable um, from when they were in Buffalo together, and he chose the Steelers because he knew he was going to be the starter. If he knew he was just going to be a backup in Pittsburgh, I think he would have taken the, the Giants' backup job where he could have worked with some guys he was familiar with. I do agree that this hurts Chase Claypool, but I, I don't think it affects Deontay Johnson as much. We saw in Chicago that Mitchell Trubisky was able to support a good wide receiver in Allen Robinson for a couple of years, and I don't see why Deontay Johnson can't do the same because I think that he and Allen Robinson have some slightly similar styles of play. So I think that he can help him a lot, but I don't think it's really a good thing for too many other weapons in that Pittsburgh offense besides Najee Harris, purely for the fact that we're going to see Pittsburgh throw the ball a lot, or sorry, run the ball, excuse me, can't speak. So it's okay for Deontay, good for Najee. Other than that, it's just kind of meh, that's Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, I completely agree on Deontay Johnson. He's going to get 150, 160 targets. He's going to be... He's going to be fine. Just like Allen Robinson was when he played with Trubisky. Um, there's a lot of guys that played with Trubisky that like Trubisky a lot more than Taylor Gabriel said. He's ready to go. He's coming out of retirement, wants to go play and get some more concussions with, with Mitch <laughs> Trubisky. Now, again, I'm not saying Mitch Trubisky is going to come and be a, a huge star, but I, I don't think he's as bad as people make him out to be. Obviously, being in Chicago, being a quarterback that you were traded up to get, people expect you to be a superstar. 
especially when Watson and Mahomes go after you in that draft. His numbers have never been horrendous, as bad as people make them out to be. I think he's fourth in win percentage since coming into the league. One games, a double doink, the kicker lost the game for him. Trubisky's not as bad as people make him out to be. And if Brian Dable did any, if Brian Dable wants him after he was there for a year, that tells me more than what Nagy and his offense tells me with Mitch Trubisky, to be completely honest, because I think they also I wanted the Bears to hire. I think he's a very good uh, football mind. Oh, yeah. I'm happy the Giants got him. I'm actually, for, one, for once in my life, I'm excited about the Giants this year. And I think, and just on that point, I think he can help Daniel Jones a lot, too, because I think Daniel Jones is also another guy that's a lot like Josh Allen early in the career, but he hasn't had that Brian Dable to help him. All right. But that's beside the point. Yep. Definitely. Kevin says, if somebody is selling low on Deontay Johnson, I'm buying all day. I definitely agree with that. Absolutely. That is the meat of the podcast. We've talked about all these quarterbacks, how they are affected and their teammates are affected and the teammates that they left behind are affected. We will be back next Tuesday at 9 p.m. The Dynasty Heat Seekers is a proud member of the Roto Heat family of podcasts. Find fantasy content ranging from Dynasty, Redraft, Devi, and more at rotoheat.com.